Right, and here we are again then, down at the wine cellar again with Chris and Paul this time around because it's uh, a bit of a bigger subject. We were talking about a bit about the fineries of tasting last time and how you might actually appreciate your wine, looking at it in the glass, getting your nose in, having a sniff, having the all-important taste, looking at the colour, all these sort of things, putting that to test with a very nice bottle of Garvey, which is on offer at the moment. So if you listen to that podcast, you can come down to the wine cellar, check it out and taste along. Now we are moving to a country, perhaps, perhaps the first country people think of when uh, you say wine, and that's France. Is that still the case? Is that the first country people still associate with wine, you reckon? Well, I certainly do, Howard. Um, In France, you've got just about every style of wine from the very driest of champagnes to the very sweetest, luscious dessert wines that you're going to get and everything in between. And the variety that you can get in France, really, you cannot get anywhere else in the world. Still the place to go, you reckon, Chris, for, for a quality wine, or is everywhere else catching up? Good question, that. I would certainly say uh, for your classics, it's always going to be the best place. Um, there's nothing quite like opening a decent bottle of Bordeaux or a really nice Burgundy or something like that, of which there are comparative um, kind of styles out there in the rest of the world as well. Um, however, you've got to remember uh, a, a lot of the great varieties we know and love today. Most of them didn't necessarily originate in France, but that's how they've sort of spread throughout the world. Um, so, you know, a lot, lot of your noble grape varieties, as we would call them, i.e. sort of Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot, all those kind of things. France is where they got their name, really. Um, and, and that's where the distribution has kind of come from in one way or another to the rest of the world. So, um, yeah, we should always be looking at it as not necessarily the home, but certainly uh, one of the major players in, in the wine world, definitely. And you were saying, just as we were chatting before we sat down here, which slightly surprised me that you get people coming into the wine cellar who perhaps have started drinking wines more recently. So maybe they're drinking Australian wines or New Zealand wines or Chilean wines or any of the New World wines of which there are a whole host now and sort of say, ooh, don't really do French. We hear that a lot. And then the same people then will buy a Bordeaux blend from Chile or Argentina, where the winemaker's trying to make a wine taste like a, French, a good French wine. Okay, so France has a wide variety of wines, and so pretty much, in theory, there should be something for everyone. So we've got a couple here in front of us, I'm glad to say. One white, uh, one red. So we'll um, start with the white, shall we? Absolutely. Okay, uh, so I think, who's going to do the honours? No. I will happily do that. There we go. Hard. I knew there'd be a man there. With the right equipment. And I'm happy to say last week we were talking about stealth enclosures and the uh, screw tops. We're back to the proper, well, for some people anyway, proper cork ceiling in any case. And a man with a uh, waiter's friend looking pretty handy. He looks like he might have done this before. Just once or twice. Yeah. So let's see how he's getting on. Oh, sounds like Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick sniff of the cork. 
So there you go. Why are you pouring that? That's something you quite often see people do is, is when they've opened the cork, just have a smell of the base. Is that just, again, to see whether it could be corked or any problems with the actual storage? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there is a debate as to whether it's actually worthwhile sniffing the cork or not. Um, I always tend to do it, mainly because, more often than not, if there is any taint in the cork, you'll probably pick up on it pretty quickly, uh, especially as soon as the bottle's been opened. But it's also worth noting that uh, sometimes, as, as soon as you open the bottle, it can smell not quite right uh, for a few moments, just as some of the kind of um, preservative kind of sulfides and whatever mm, mm. are still there and just escaping the bottle before you actually uh, go into it. But for the most part, I'm just sniffing the cork to make sure it doesn't smell properly musty or anything like that. Um, and that one smells really nice and fresh. So. Yeah, should be a nice little wine, this. Lovely. So what are we actually, uh, what have we opened here? Right, so the, the, the red and the white we are doing today um, are both um, Cote d'Orone villages. So uh, I'm sure Paul will explain shortly what, exactly what that means. Um, but starting with the white, uh, we're, we're in the Southern Rhone Valley for these. Um, so the white is very typical of the style of wine you'll get down there. It's uh, a right old mix-up of several different grape varieties. So leading the charge, we have Grenache Blanc. Uh, then we've got Viognier in there as well. Then we also have some Marsan, some Roussan, bit of Bourblanc, and some Claret as well, actually. That's a real blend, isn't it? Yeah, sure. real blend. yeah they've basically just uh, picked up a field and shoved it in the bottle, I think. Um, <laughs> but it's actually very traditional uh, for, for down that sort of area. It's worth noting this does have a bit of oak influence in it. So I think about a third of the wine is aged in um, a small amount of new oak and then second, third and fourth use oak as well. Um, but only, only about a third of the wine. Uh, so it's not particularly oaky on the palate or the aroma or anything like that, but this is a, a classic case of oak bringing balance um, rather than any, any proper flavor to it. Uh, also worth noting for anyone who is a bit of a, a whiny anorak like me, that the Marsan and Roussan are co-fermented and then the Bourblanc and the Claret are co-fermented as well before all being blended together with the other component parts. Wow. Okay, so let's have a look then. We got it in the glass, so a quick swirl round. And so remembering from the other week, uh, first sense we are going to use is our sense of sight. Uh, now that looks pretty clear to me. Didn't yeah. it clear to you, Paul? Yeah. I always <clears> need Paul to <throat> double check for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, nice and clear. So we pale lemon. Yeah. Yeah, really nice colour on that. So then we'll um, use our nose, of course. Ooh. Lovely, slightly floral character going on there. Oh, definitely, yeah. There's a real, it is a lovely pale lemon colour. I must have mm. go with that. Nice, well round. And I was thinking, again, it's definitely a very floral. So last week we were talking about sort of that minerally, flinty, citrusy sort of uh, nose. This is definitely got much more of a, yeah, sort of a flowers and perhaps a bit of passion fruit or something along those lines. Yeah, I think you're definitely getting something a little bit tropical in there um but also i'm getting a very slight hint of something almost like fennel mm. that's interesting paul your thoughts it's just quite an intense nose really it's um it lovely sort of that. quite developed sort of flavors mm. it is so uh, it's a real i'm just having another sniff now i'm gonna have a taste 
Mm. It is a real, it is an intense nose. It has got that, yeah, tropically fruit, flowers, sort of, um, mm, almost like one of those sort of um, vines you sort of see going over in sort of exotic gardens. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to taste it while I'm thinking of that. <laughs> Mm. It's a lovely full palate to it, mm. definitely. It has, it's very fun. You've got almost this kind of richness on the palate yeah. there as well, so you can almost get the, the influence of the, the oak coming through there. Like I said, there's no particular flavours you'd associate with the oak, so you're not really getting any vanilla or bags of spice or anything like that, but you are getting this lovely kind of textural mouthfeel. Um, which is almost, <clears throat> excuse me, slightly creamy in a way, I would say. Um, so it's, it, for me, that kind of spells to me that it's, it, firstly, it's a lovely summer wine. However, it's got the body to it that I could quite happily drink at this time of year, and I will. Uh, but it's also quite a food-friendly wine, and you'll find this with, you know, a lot of European countries, not just France in particular, um, but they're very, very food and wine-focused. Mm as a pair um it, it's not you know our, our sort of british way of you know you you're making a wine just to be drunk and for the effect of it or something like that this is this screams to me a very classical european food and wine goes hand in hand you know you'd have your lovely grilled asparagus with a glass of this or something like that as you you, you know you're on your lunch in the vineyards that would do me i must admit what would you have with them paul you would pair that up with any particular foodstuffs or would you would you be happy to have a glass of that on its own? I think it's fine on its own, but it'd be nice with um, some charcuterie as a starter, I think. Mm. You could even have it with the cheese course at the end because it has almost got a, a sort of a honey, luscious sort of finish to it. There is, isn't there? There's definitely yeah. a touch of sweetness at the end, though. Absolutely. Mm. So, yeah, that, that's a real... Again, it's one which doesn't disappoint on the nose or in the mouth it has to be said real you, it's well we're listening to the the blend there of uh, god knows how many different types of grapes going into it and i think that's reflected maybe in the nose there's so much sort of going on when you, when you get your nose in there my nose isn't good enough to get all the scents but you can certainly get you do get that like i said the tropicality that sort of it's you can sort of tell it's sort of slightly oaky but it's not massively vanillary and that's on the sort of uh, on the taste as well and that, as you say, it is oak, but it's not got that heavily oaked vanillary flavour. It's still got a lot of a lot of different layers going on there. So you could, um, again, I would happily drink this on its own, but it probably would be really nice with, yep, I could see it with asparagus. I could certainly see it with charcuterie or, again, maybe a sort of, you know, grilled chicken or something like that. Mm. Or just sat out sat out in the sun, he says, as it's coming in and it's blowing a hoolie in rain. <laughs> so, yeah, very fine indeed. So this uh, readily available, something that you could try out, come down to the wine cellar, try this out, and this would be something. So would you recommend this to someone who, again, thought, you know what, I don't like French wines, would this be one worth trying? Well, it's quite a complex wine, so possibly not for the for somebody mm. new to wine, somebody for the beginner. It's, it, as we said, there's so many different layers to it that it's quite a complex wine. Um, so it wouldn't just I wouldn't recommend that as a sort of a Saturday night party wine. It's more, it's, but if somebody's having a dinner party, certainly just the thing. Yeah, just the thing. Right. Well, I think we're all agreed that we uh, would happily have that one on its own, or again with um, well, what you like, really. Take your pick. The thing with wines is, as we said last week, it's very personal. 
whatever works for you works and that's pretty much the end of it in many ways no matter what anyone else says if it works for you with a bar of chocolate then you have it with a bar of chocolate don't let us let you put you off it has to be said on the other side of the table we are looking at some red here and we're talking about again Cote d'Aron village can we say a little bit more about that when people say Cote d'Aron village there's about I mean Cote d'Aron is a massive wine producing area of France it's called the Garden of France really um, and stretches for miles and miles and miles. And within that, there's about 13 or 14 villages, um, the most famous of which is probably Chateauneuf to Pap. Mm. There's Rastaud, Zigondas, Baccaras, Keran, plenty of them. So if you, if you see a wine called Chateauneuf to Pap, that means that the grapes have come from that particular village. If you see a wine that says Cote de Rhone Village, it means the grapes can have been sourced from one, two, three several of the villages anywhere in that area and then blended together and that's what this this one is this is a blend from Sable, Segare and Keran um, and it's produced it's bottled in Keran at Boutonneau's vineyard this particular red wine is about 80% Grenache 20% Syrah a little bit of oak again but similar to the white wine the oak basically just softens the fruit a bit rather than flavouring yeah, it. Really sort of yeah, it. Yeah, really sort of dominating it. Yeah, and they let the sort of the fruit flavours come out. Organically made, but not organically certified. certified. Tiny little bit of sulphur in just to preserve it. Mm-hmm. Just keeps the wine stable. Try it for yourself. Right, okay. That's what we're going to try next then. It's a rather fine-sounding red. So a, a, a sort of simpler blend, as it were. Only you two, two right, have you said? Yeah, yeah. Grenache. The main three grapes, really, in the in the Cote d'Aron are Grenache Noir, uh, Syrah, and Mouvedre. Mm-hmm. Some of them have got all three in, but this particular one is, yeah, Grenache and Syrah, which is, for Cote d'Aron, generally, you, you need to have at least 60% Grenache in, and then it can be a mix of uh, Syrah and Mouvedre for the, for the, for the remaining 40%. Marvellous sound of the bottle just being opened there and just while uh, Chris is just getting the glasses sorted out. The one thing I was thinking about, if you go across to some of these villages, as you said, which I've been uh, happy to do on a few occasions, and I'm, I'm always sort of gobsmacked because you hear these massive names like Chateauneuf de Pape or you know, Chablis or something, yeah, and, you yeah. go, and you just drive into this little tiny village and you it's think, like going, I'm here. It's like going from Cape Michael to Foxdale and the little and St John's in between. That's, yeah. it, that's exactly what it's like, and more often than not, there's the church on the hill and... Yeah, it's I, a, a I was gobsmacked. I was ex- yeah. I was expecting somehow that you know, you just sort of see this sign as you say, as you might say, going into Foxdale or St John's. You think Chateauneuf de Pape. Think I'm in Chateauneuf de Pape. Yeah, no, this no, is it. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, no, I stayed in the in the village of Keran, which recently has been has has been nominated as one of the Cote d'Aron villages in its own right, um, and it is. It's it's a tiny place. Like I say, with the church and, and, and on the hill and the vineyards all around and the beauty of it is most of them are just small producers and they're trying to make the best wine that they can possibly make rather than just mass producing and selling to the co-op or whatever. It's just good quality stuff. Marvellous. Right, well, we've got some good quality stuff in our glasses now. So uh, here we go. Let's take a look then and give it a quick swizzle round. Just to open it out a bit and... Mm, okay, so right there you go. You're the uh, nose master, then, uh, Chris. What are you getting off this? Uh, well, firstly, I'll just mention it's got a lovely, uh, very kind of deep 
loving red colour to it. As, I mean, you'd kind of expect that for a red wine, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> but it, it, I can tell it's quite youthful, mainly because of the colour of this. So it, it's got some, some purplish hues to it, but if it was an older wine, I'd expect that to be a bit more towards kind of brick red kind of thing. However, as it is, we are 2020 vintage. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is about right for this. Really, Cote d'Aron, you want to be drinking, you know, sort of Cote d'Aron village, you want to be drinking within sort of two, two, three years of, uh, of the vintage. So anyway. not, not something you're going to lay down and... and, and no, no, not, not for this. Maybe for the big brother that we do, the Keran, that's mm. got a bit more aging potential. But this is meant to be fruity and fun, really. Okay. Um, on the nose, mm. ample fruit there. Lots of kind of red berries, hedgerow fruit going on, almost... Almost wafts of Balagia Lane in peel there with the blackberries. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. I'm just going to give it a quick sniff as well. Mm. No, definitely is, isn't it? It's got that sort of... Um, yeah, brambly red fruits. Plums. Yeah. Plums, Plumby. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Quite soft. It's not a... Yeah, not a, exactly. Oh. That's exactly how a good Cote should yeah. be. That, that nice sort of softness. Nice juicy fruit, but crunchy juicy fruit, but that sort of soft, sort of soft on the palate. Mm. Yes, almost sort of, almost sort of a caramelly, sort of softy, sort of chewy note to it. But okay, all right, it looks great. A little uh, bit of spice as well there, actually. Yep. Just on the edge of the nose there. Go with that. Well, let's let's get on in there. Let's mm. try it out. So all, all that uh, sort of aroma, mm. uh, all those various different aromas you're getting are, are really carrying through onto the palate there. So you've got this bright kind of bursting fruit to the fore of the palate and as it works its way back towards uh, your gullet um, it's uh, it's releasing a bit more of that fruit but I'm getting a nice little bit of spice on the finish as well um, almost slightly sweet in a way but really nice dry tannins as well quite subtle tannins but enough to give it enough kind of backbone and make it give it a bit more substance mm. um, lovely little wine that it's a, the kind of thing where I could quite happily drink that just sat on the couch weeknight sort of thing. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's what the vast majority of our customers who have bought this wine over the past 20 odd years uh, have been doing. Um, <laughs> but it's also the kind of wine that will work really well with Sunday lunch and things like that. You know, it'll go with a variety of different meats and, and, and veg dishes and things like that as well. So it's, it's a very universal Versatile. sort of wine. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. What about you, Paul? Is this something that's this tickled your palate? Yeah, this is one of the most popular red wines we've got in the shop. Medium priced, medium bodied, very smooth on the finish. Um, it's the sort of thing you could have with just about anything. Bag of crisps, but, yeah. but it would stand up to a yeah. to a Sunday roast. Yeah, yeah, perfect. And, I, and I've had it with both. <laughs> <laughs> don't have had it with crisps. I've certainly had it with a Sunday roast before now. Uh, but yes, it is. It's something that's. I don't think it's going to offend anyone, isn't it? Cause it's not. Exactly, it's yeah. not that. That sort of characterful. But it's. It's as you say. It's. It's got that sort of just nicely rounded, sort of versatile, the sort of thing that you think you could have it with all sorts. Plenty of fruit at the front. A little bit of spice at the back, as you say. Not too hard. A little bit of those sort of soft tannins. It can taste a little bit, but not too much on the mouth. And uh, yeah, I do get a bit of a sweetness, like a sort of little, um, like I say, sort of caramelly something going on, I think, when I sort of uh, swallow it as well. Uh, very nice indeed. So this has been a good seller as well. This is popular. Both these reds and the whites have been uh, popular sellers in the shop. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a rosé as well to complete the set, which has been very popular all summer, which is a nice sort of 
very light coloured rosé made very much like a Provence style, so light and dry. It also has, uh, the red also has a big brother called Keran, which is uh, aged for two years in oak barrels, which is much fuller, a bit more dense, um, obviously more oak, more fruit, more weight, more everything. And that's a really, really good dinner party wine. And again, it doesn't exactly break the bank. It's it's tremendous value. And I think I suppose that's the thing as well, isn't it? And that you've got, and particularly you go through the shop there, you can spend anything. Well, I suppose that's the question now. What would you spend, do you think, now to get a decent bottle of wine? Anything? Tenor, less, more? Well, what you're drinking here now are right in the £10 area. Uh, and for that quality, I think that they're outstanding. But there's some very good everyday wines from sort of seven, eight pounds upwards. The one I was talking about that's aged for two years in oak is about fifteen pounds, uh, but there you're paying for the aging. Hmm. Um, I mean the barrels they they go into first use barrels, which cost I think about five hundred pounds a barrel, and they use them for four years and then move them on. So every year they're replacing twenty five percent of their stock. So there's a big cost implication, and that's why if a wine's been aged in oak, they tend to be more expensive. So you're paying for obviously paying for the the time that it's been aged and the actual cost of the barrel. And what about you, Chris? So we were saying maybe the white with that massive sort of blend, not an ideal starting place if people wanted to be convinced of trying a, a sort of an affordable French wine. The red, would you go with that if someone was thinking, oh, I don't know whether I like French or not, would this be a good starting point? Uh, I've always found um, certainly the, the Cote d'Or Rouge that we do to be a really good wine for getting people um, who are just starting out on their wine journeys and so on, or you know, may well be well versed in wine, but not particularly versed in, in France. Um, it's a really good one to go for in that respect because it is... It's not one-dimensional by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a simple wine to kind of wrap your head around. Um, and it also gives you sort of the basics of the Rhone Valley. Um, now, there's obviously multiple different areas of France and different regions that all have their own uh, grape varieties, X, Y, Z, and different things allowed to be permitted in there. Um, but certainly something like this can kind of give you that introduction to that one specific area and give you the information about it and give you the kind of uh, atypical flavour profile of an area as well. So honestly, for a tenor, uh, it's it's a real education, um, to be honest, in, including the white as well, to be fair. Slightly more complex than what a lot of people may want to go for at that kind mm. of price. But um, we, we always have other options here at the wine cellar anyway. Um, you know, we've got quite a, a large French section uh, and within that we've got a lot from sort of the south of France um, and the southwest and so on, which is where you tend to find your um, bargains in France, I suppose you could say. Um, the only issue with it for a lot of people is, as Paul quite rightly pointed out before, um, a lot of your French wines won't say what's in them. So unless you've got a bit of knowledge Mm -hmm. yourself you you probably won't have any idea uh what grapes go into there or what the flavor profile is going to be or so on and so forth um luckily at the wine cellar you've got some very helpful people who can tell you all that yeah. and uh, certainly point you in the right direction so um yeah I, I would say if you are interested in you know learning a bit more about france or want to get into some french wines just come have a chat with us and um, we'd love to speak to you all definitely there you go 
they are very approachable. I can speak from uh, experience. Uh, they don't bite. Uh, they're more than happy to chat about wines, so you can listen to us chat all day about the uh, red and the white from the Cotheron Village. But uh, the best thing to do is get yourself a bottle from the wine cellar for a very reasonable price, and then you can listen to the podcast anytime and uh, taste along and see what you think. Do you agree with us on the flavour notes or what you'd eat it with or the nose on it? Everyone's different, so taste along and see perhaps and you can pick up like i said a bottle for next to nothing or if you don't fancy these a lot of other wines to choose from come down and have a chat with the guys uh, before we go uh, for this month october of course uh, we have the big wine tastings they're pretty much sold out already i think uh week one sold out week two there's a handful of places left and week three is very quickly filling up as well so if you are interested yeah please get in touch very quickly Okie dokie, but the other thing you were mentioning before Chris was a spirit tasting, was that right? Absolutely. Um, So we're not just about wine at the wine cellar. We are also um, getting pretty handy with spirits these days. And we have our annual spirits tasting coming up on the 11th of November. Uh, So tickets for that are £35 um, per ticket. We will have... Oh, I was counting it up this morning. About seven or eight different spirit suppliers, some local, some uh, are companies who we uh, we work with across in the UK. So there will be loads and loads of different, awesome, unique, crazy things on. Um, so it's well worth uh, having a look at that. You can um, book tickets on our website or you can send us a Facebook message, email, give us a call. But more info will be released on that as as we've we've got more to give out um, but it's going to be an absolutely brilliant night but yeah if if you want any more information about these things please just uh, give us a call or an email um, and we'd be happy to get you on board there you go plenty to look forward to whether it's wine whether it's spirits whether it's beers there's always something uh, that's more or less it for this month i'll just say thanks very much gentlemen good health cheers and here's the next time Thank you.